Tonight, I want to talk about identity. You know, a few days ago, I was part of the conversation that, and this young man, we could tell that he had the word of God in him. But his prayer to God was to let him live, both, be, live enough on the, in that line that he can be Christian and also enjoy the things that the world have to offer. In other words, I want to I want to be ready to go to heaven. However, for now, let me let me find who I am by enjoying the things that the world have to offer. My heart, my heart, it, it was like sad at that moment because we are seeing that with the new generations, they don't know the direction that they want to go. So they they're being a product of what the world tells them that they are or what know or what they see or what they think that they want to be. But let me tell you something. God already know who you are. God is I have a purpose for you. He said that from the moment that he created he saw that you were good. And what I see tonight in this place besides different faces and demographics and anything is royalty. Because to him we are royalty. Amen. So tonight I want to talk about our identity in God. Our identity in God. And knowing our identity, before that I want to let you know our, our behavior always going to affect our identity and vice versa. So with that being said, you have to understand that our, our identity in God is going to be moved by our, by our, our relationship with God. If we don't have a relationship with God or with the Holy Spirit, that is the one that leads us to all truth, the Bible say, we don't going to have that connection. For that reason, we never going to understand what is the, the will of God for our life and what is our identity in God. Are you with me? Amen. So about the 11th century before Christ, there was this mighty battle that you all know about it. It was be between two of the greatest armies of that time. It was in the valley of Elah. On one side, we had the Philistine army, one of the most ferocious armies of the time. And the other side, we had the army of Israel. And the Bible say that before that time, King Saul led the armies of Israel with bravery. Every single battle that he fought, he won. And it wasn't the first time that the people, the army of Israel confronted the army of the Philistines. This was about the third time when this uh, battle is, is happening. But something happened at this time. And the Bible say that the spirit had departed from Saul. So that man that was brave in battle, now he was confronting an army and he can't move a finger. The Bible tells us that 40 days, for 40 days, we have an enemy shouting to the people of Israel. Shouting and shouting and shouting. Who knows how many things they told them? And they didn't move a finger. First, first Samuel 17, 1911. Goliath, speaking about Goliath. He said, and the Philistines say, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man 
that we may fight together. When Saul and Israel heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Deeply shaken. How is that the army from the people of Israel, this nation from the promise that was given to Abraham, I will make of you a great nation at this time, when it's the time to fight the enemy, your sore enemy that is trying to divide your land, you can move a finger. Do you forget your identity? Do you forget who you are? Do you, you forget that God is the one that is fighting for you? And this is the enemy. Give me a man. Let me tell you something. Sometimes God answers the prayers even of our enemies. You want a man, Goliath? I will give you a man. <laughs> I will give you a man, David. In 1 Samuel 17, 24, he said, All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. I want to tell you something. In the Hebrew, these this feelings that they, they ter terrify and deeply shaking and, and afraid, it's all in one word. It's the word hatat. And the word hatat speaks speak about breakdown. It speaks about violence and confusion, afraid, beat down, and discouraged. Now we have the greater army. That was discouraged, was break down, was afraid. They have forgotten. Let us, God, today remember always who is the one that is fighting for us every battle in our life. Because nothing, nothing we can do in our strength. But David, David, stand to the chance and the opportunity. First Samuel 7, 17, 26 say, and David so I'm sorry, and David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this incircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Let me tell you something for Goliath, Israel was the servants of Saul. That's how he's saying, you, the servants of Saul, nobody's going to follow me. But let me tell you something. Here is little David, the guy that with the sheep and fight the lions and the bears over there. Nobody know about David. And sometimes from time playing the worship team, no, they play the harp, you know. Here comes David. And he say, is nobody going to do something about this? That talking about your God? They're talking about the Israel? Listen, we are living in this nation today. And I'm not afraid to tell you. Because I suffer in some way persecution for saving my living God. If we don't do something, if we don't do something, something is going to happen. But know the, know the outcome that we are expecting. We are more focused today in seeing what is superficial, forgetting about what is supernatural. So we live how the people want us to be, we vote for the people that we like it, not for the people that the Bible said that we should vote for, the people that stand with God's agreement. We talk and we have friends because the way that they look, 
oh, how, how, how familiar they are. But if we forget that God always looks what is inside of us. My profession is not a doctor. I'm sorry, my profession is a doctor. But that's not my personality. Just an example. <laughs> no anymore. But I want to tell you, the fact that I make french fries at home don't make me a chef. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you, no matter how much you're trying to apparent something, who you really are is what you will see in the mirror when nobody's watching. Only God and you. So we can see this video online and say, you know what? I want to be like him. Go to the gym and just be like this. Eat broccoli every day. I'm sorry. I can't do that. I like baking so much. That's the God. God made me this way. Or you see this video, this, this young girl see this video and I say, you know what? I want to be like God. And little by little, you are transforming. Want to be somebody else. Know what God wants you to be. Are you with me tonight? And this is David. So David, stand to the chance. And God answered the prayer of the enemy. God giving him in. To understand our identity as a follower of Jesus, as a follower of God, we have to understand the Father. And the only way that we're going to do that is by getting, as I said before, by getting close to the Holy Spirit. When Jesus left to the Father, he said, I won't leave you orphans. I will leave you alone. I will send the counselor. And do you know how I know that he sent the counselor? Because the Bible said that he's sitting to the side of the Father right now. If he didn't make it up there, Holy Spirit won't be right there. But the Holy Spirit is right here. I know that he made it. Hallelujah. So I know that I know that I know that there is no fight. There is no trial. There's no tribulation that you are not unable to overcome when we come together as the people of God, chosen people, army of God, and pray and stand for each other and for this nation that I need our prayers more than ever. We have a little victory, but the enemy is not happy. And do you know what happens when you stand in the empire? You're going to get beat. You better keep moving. What I mean with that is that you be, we better keep praying. We better keep interceding. We better keep standing on the gap because more things are about to happen in the spiritual. Just remember, we love every single one, but our fight is in the spirit. Does anybody tonight that if God is calling you to war, it's going to stand on the sidelines? I don't want that to be you. I don't want that to be you. I don't want that to be you standing up. Because number one, no, we're not fighting for an army of men. We are fighting for the God Almighty. The God of the all armies. In the name of Jesus. In the Bible, God tells us how often he views his people. We are love. Romans 5 a. But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 1 John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that they knew him. You know, for many people, do you know that you are the only Jesus that they will ever see? You are the only Jesus that they will ever know. 
So my, my question is, my question is, Spanish, English, Portuguese, I don't know. <laughs> if we are not reflecting Jesus, who are you reflecting? Who they are seeing? Do they are seeing Jesus in you at all times? They are, they are receiving Jesus' love at all times. If that is the only opportunity that they're going to have to know about Jesus, what are you displaying to them? The seal of the Father or who you want to be? We are chosen. John 15, 16. You did not choose chose me, but I chose you and appoint you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit shall remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. First Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen generation. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. That is not amazing? You know, you, we have been called, and we've been called a chosen generation. His own special people. His own special people. This, this is not like normal people. This is my own special people. Hallelujah. I love our Father. We have been forgiven. Romans 5, 8. But God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ, Christ die for us we have been redeemed we have been adopted I want to do something for you I have a little illustration that I want to show you can I have a volunteer please no a tall one need to be like about my size I know Aidan is going to come okay thank you Pastor John so what I have right here is an illustration that, that I want to show you how our personalities get at, how, how we build our personalities based in the positive things or the negative things. So somebody's going to come? My daughter, come here. Yeah. So this is a beautiful young lady that God has given me, one of them. There's one more there. And there's one queen right here. But she was perfect in any way. Let me tell you something about her. When we were waiting for her to come to this world, the doctors told us to, we should consider to abort her because she was a Down syndrome. But here's the gift of God to our life. A little Hannah too. When somebody tell you that you can, that it's impossible, let me tell you something. God tell you, it is possible. When God's, the people say, no, it's going to be this way. Let me ask you what God says it's going to be. God is still doing miracles. Hallelujah. But we have this beautiful girl here that didn't have the opportunity to grow up in a functional family. And they're telling her, you know what? You're never going to be nobody. And he put here a layer of her, affecting her personality. And they're going to say, you know what? You're going to abuse the alcohol. 
because your dad was an alcoholic. And we put another layer. You're never going to be no one. And we put another layer. You're never going to be to suffer at work, at school. Another layer. And another layer. And another layer. And this is forming the, the personality. The fox personality of she's going to grow up to believe that she is. But you know what God is saying to her? From the mother's womb, I knew you. You have a purpose in me. With eternal love, I have loved you. For my everlasting love, we always will be with you. You are beautiful in any ways. God. God always going to look at you as a baby boy, baby daughter. You are so special to him. It doesn't matter what the picture of the world, the box that the world want to put you in. What God is saying about you. What God is believing that you can do. He knows everything from the beginning. You were beautiful. He said, I even, before I formed you, I knew you. Oh, hallelujah. And let me tell you something. You are here tonight. And somebody has placed words of course in your life. Let me tell you something. You didn't grow up to the size that you are today for a reason, for an accident. You are not an accident. God has a purpose for your life. God is going to use you for his glory. It's everything for his glory. We are doing what we're doing for his glory. Hallelujah. Can you shout the praise tonight in this place? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now that we understand this little, I didn't say that you understood before, but bear with me, okay? Now that we understand a little, we know that when we came to Christ, that personality, it was replaced. Have you seen those kind of movies that somebody is in like a danger and they've removed that family or that person from that place, move it to a different place? And give a new identity. They'll give a new name. So they'll be safe. They tell him, listen, don't call back. Don't go back. Because every step back that you go is a chance for that person or that, you know, killers or whatever, trying to get back to you. And sometimes a person will listen. Sometimes they say, you know what? I miss, I miss my friend. Let me call him for a second. And that's the moment. You know, and, and that's a, another illustration to show you. When God take you out of that dirty place that we were before we came to him. Don't try to test why the bread in Egypt used to test like because now you are in the, in the, wild, in the wilderness. You know what? Because when God take you out there, let me tell you something. It's only moving forward, only moving forward, only moving forward. Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't become a socks statue. In the name of Jesus, Father. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He and her are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new one has come. Your identity was always him. Your identity, my identity was always in him. No other people told that we were. No other people told us we are. It's why he knew that we were from the very beginning. 
Jeremiah 1.5. I talk about this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Get, get, Galatians 2.20. This is so beautiful. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How beautiful is that? We have died with him. The day that we came and we said, Lord, I'm tired of the same. I'm tired of the old me. I give you my life. I know that I won't be perfect, but Lord, I know that if I walk with you, Father, I'll be there. There will be crowns waiting for me. I've been crucified with you. And I'm no longer live for myself. I will live for you. If you ever have the opportunity to read in the book of Acts, the chapter 7, we will learn about men of God called Stephen. If we know about Stephen, Stephen was one of the, the, the young guys, uh, boys, that were choosing to clean tables to assist the widows. He wasn't a CEO of the company. He wasn't a lawyer or somebody like with money. He was a boy full of the Holy Spirit that was chosen to serve. Are we here to serve God or to serve ourselves? And one of the things that Stephen had to deal with, it was with traditional men's that prophesied him to love God on the love of Moses to come and accuse him. You know, we have a relationship with God. We don't want religion here. We want the Holy Spirit to move in this place. We want God to move in our life. We don't want to come and say a few prayers and get forgiven and then go home. That's no relationship. That's a repetition and repetition and repetition becoming tradition and tradition become religion. So this group of people were accusing Stephen of breaking Moses' law. And he had the opportunity to defend himself. Something amazing that happened. The man that he was accusing to break the law, something similar happened to both of them. I don't know if you uh, know what I'm talking about, but he said that when Moses was in the presence of God, when he came down, his face was like shining. And now Stephen is defending himself by talking about the law and the Moses. And the Bible say that he was speaking, his face was shining like the face of an angel. Tell me about it. <laughs> that man was full of the Holy Spirit. God, I want to be so full of your Holy Spirit, Lord. That when people see me, Father, they can see you. They no longer can see me, Father. My weaknesses, my problems, my difficulties, Father. I want that they see you, Father. I want that they see love, Father. I want that they see, Father, that if you can do it in anybody's life, they can do it in their life as well, Father. They could not stand this man full of the Holy Spirit standing for what was right on the truth of God. They had to stone him. 
But you know, the most amazing part, I mean, <laughs> every time I talk about this, I get uh, so excited. As he was walking to his dead, as he was about to die, he looked at heavens. And he, the Bible said that he saw Jesus standing beside his father. There is no other place in the Bible that is talking about Jesus standing at the side of the Father. He's saying that he's sitting. But let me tell you something. Something was happening there because our Lord Jesus knows what is being attacking the personality and the identity. The devil tried to attack our Lord when he was tempted. He told him, if you are the Son of God. If you are the Son of God, trying to guess. He didn't know he didn't knew who he was messing with. With our Lord. But in that moment when Stephen was about to die, the Bible said that Jesus was standing. And there is no, this is no casualty, this is no coincidence. I believe, I believe that the Lord Jesus was standing in approval because that man is standing in, with the identity of the God and Jesus defending him. Our Jesus went to in front of these people and he got accused. Now we have somebody that is defending him to the point of death. But he's not backing down. Our blessings will be to live in these days when they make Christianity illegal. Maybe no, maybe never happened. But if they make Christianity illegal, our joy, my joy, will be to stand guilty for him. Amen. I want to be guilty of praising the King of kings and Lord of Lord. I want to be guilty of not compromising the Bible and His Word for what the Word says. I ain't going to compromise what the Word tell me that I should do for what He tell me that I should do. Hallelujah. And Jesus was standing up cheering. Good job, my faithful fellow. Good job, my faithful servant. Hallelujah. The Bible said that when he got stoned, he slept. It's not beautiful. He didn't say he died. He slept. So I wonder the expression in his face. Hallelujah. There's so much persecution happening around the world right now as we speak. And we had the opportunity to come here tonight and listen to the word of God. Treasure every single moment you have. Don't, as I said before, look more for the superficial and deny the supernatural. God is still doing miracles. God is still changing life. God still can do so many things in the life of those people that you have been praying for years and you don't see a change. But come on, sometimes when you push through an island back, you can see your fingers are more popping, 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 but you give up. If you push a little more, could be one more prayer, could be one more intercession for that person, and that breakthrough will come off. I'm telling you tonight, you have to stand firm for those things that you believe. The identity that God has given you is a seal in your life. In your life, when they say you can, tell them you can. Tell them you do. At the heart of what it means to be a Christian is to receive a new identity. In Jesus, we don't lose our true self. What we become our true self 
only in him. I want to finish with something. There was this little boy that when his mom was 16, she got pregnant. And when she went home and told the parents, Mom, Dad, I'm pregnant, they told them, you have to, you have to abort this child. And she said, no, I won't do it. She was only 16. And because the parents were so ashamed of the child be born, they decided to move to another city. And when the baby born, they introduced the child as their kid instead as the mom child. That way they didn't have to walk on shame for what the society may think of. Not knowing that even in, their, in her mistake, she didn't want to sacrifice a child for her mistake. And that child grew up, and when the child could ask somebody, tell me about my father, nobody could ask and answer that question. He asked his grandparents. His grandparents got so upset at him that say, ask your mom when she come from work. So when mom came from work, grandparents told you, your son is asking who the father is. His mom started crying to the point that the child felt so bad that they didn't ask that question anymore. But something happened in the life of that child. He met Jesus. He met Jesus. And one of the prayers that he always had is, God, let me know where I come from. God, let me know who my father is. He was in one of the youth camps. When that kid was called to the front, and the person that was about to pray for him asked him, who is your father? And the child started crying. He could not say anything. No word came out of him. And the person that was about to pray for him say, I wonder you know that God is your father. God is your father. No matter who has been missing from your life, I want to let you know he's the father of fatherless. He's the father of orphans. He's the father of the widows. He's the father that you will ever need. And also the mom. The Bible says, that as a mom come for the child, God also will come for you. And that moment when that word came over that child, teenager at that point, he was healing for all the hurt that he saw, that he grew up with, without knowing his story. A few years later, God gave the opportunity to know the father of that child. Uh, the product of the forgiveness, God opened the door then so the child could meet his father. The father went and told his father, I come here to tell you that because God, I can forgive you. And I give you my word that what happened to me won't happen to my kids. That child was me. So.
I love you guys too. Thank you so much. And let me tell you something. The night won't be enough to tell you every time, every time that God has shown up in my life. Since I came to this country, every step of the way is being a testimony. People that say, you can't do this because you don't speak English. And God say, yes, you can. All you got to believe is in me, my son. Oh, you can't do this. No, you're not ready. And God say, yes, you are. If I'm with you, you are. Amen. He's all that you need. So I hope that tonight when you go home, listen, you go like, you know, sometimes I feel like a chihuahua, but I know that there's a Doberman Shepherd, a German Shepherd behind me. And when the, when the other dog comes barking at me, I'm like, but what he's seeing is the one that's behind me. But listen, I don't see it. Listen, I don't care how the enemy see me as long as he's seeing who is standing behind me. Because when God say, William Dutch, I'm coming with my sword. There is no enemy that can stand in your life. I'm telling you that. It's going to happen like the Goliath in the Bible. Let me tell you, you come to me with javelins and chills and the whole thing, but I come against you in the name of Jehovah. Hallelujah. Can you give a shout of praise one more time tonight? Hallelujah, Father. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor, Father. You certainly, Father, are the God of fatherless, Father. We want to have your identity, Lord, that people see us, Father, for what we really are. And it's kings and priests and queens, Father, to your glory, Father. You have called, Father, to be kings and queens, Father. We have a royal priesthood, Father. There is crowns waiting for us, Lord. So no matter, no matter, Father, what the people say, Father, we want to always come to you, Father. We always come to your altar. We want to give you a praise, Father, all the time in our lives, Lord. Father, is anybody, Father, that's dealing with a situation similar that we have spoken tonight, Father, that, that, that he's, or he is dealing with depression for, for the things that people, the, the curses and the word, Father, that people are placing in, in their life. I ask you, Lord, that tonight, Father, they, may, they be set free. In the name of Jesus, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Father, I give you praise and honor tonight. And before we close, I was about to close, but God just gave me something else, and I think it's very important. In the book of Ephesians, it's going to be really quick. Don't sit down. The Bible talks about doing all the things right, but forgetting about our first love. If God is not the first, then he's the second. And God don't share his place with anybody else. And when you change, and all I change God's first love with something else, then we're creating idol. So always let God be the first love in your life. Let God be the first love in your relationship. Youth and young kids that are about to go to college or are about to enter a new relationship, is that relationship or what about to do don't bring you close to God? Think about it. Think about it because that's how everything starts. You take the place of God and give it to something else. So as we go depart this place tonight, always, always, always give God the first place in your life. And he that is faithful will take care of you all the days of your life. 
Be blessed and with the peace of God, and I will see you tomorrow morning. Amen.